Whoa, I don't think I even want to hear your story. All of you must hear the Scarlet Spider story. My name is Ben Riley. I'm related to this reality's Peter Parker. How? I'm his clone. Or maybe he's my clone. We're not sure. I'm the real Spider-Man. I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider-Man. The real Peter Parker. You see? I was that clone. I tried to stay out of Peter's life by taking on a new identity. Dyed my hair, changed my name to Ben Riley. When I became a costume hero of the Scarlet Spider, it really made him angry. The next big blow came from Dr. Kurt Connors. He discovered that, according to our genetic structures, it might be Peter who was the clone, not me. That news pushed Peter Parker over the edge. Harry hated me with a passion. This is starting to sound like a bad comic book plot. It gets worse. Why didn't you just tell me I was a clone? The cloning process has proven unstable. You're coming we now return to our review of Exiled, already in progress. Last episode, we covered parts one and parts two. Now join the show already in progress, where we cover parts three and the epic fail of part four. We're going to move on to part uh, adjective adjectiveless Spider-Man number 62. Okay. All right. Do you guys like flashbacks? Because we got your flashbacks right here in Spider-Man number 62. Scarlet Spider is chained. Yes, Scarlet Spider is chained in a tar- in a dark room as he's interrogated by an unseen captor who yells at him not to pass out. Well, you know, Scarlet Spider shows that unseen captor who's boss by passing out again promptly, and flashing back to his early days with Seaward Trainer. He remembers Seaward Trainer nursing him back to health. Thankfully, the Ben in this flashback isn't as much of a jerk as the Ben in the Amazing flashbacks were. But back to the present day, Scarlet Spider wants to know why he's being tortured, and the Unseen Captor says that all they want is Trainer's knowledge, and this has to do with Trainer, not the Scarlet Spider. We see a holographic image of Trainer, who's in a cell, and they say that Trainer will die if Scarlet Spider does not give them what they seek. He passes out again. Peter and Mary Jane have a brief interlude on a rooftop where they talk about how everything is awesome as long as they're together, which of course makes foreshadowing drip from the page all the more. Mary Jane doesn't notice Peter exerting more spider strength than usual, clutching a brick on the edge of the rooftop. They also don't notice uh, that Peter's spider sense and human vision doesn't see the vulture flying overhead. The vulture, who's flying overhead, attacks a man on the street for two reasons. Number one, to get his youth back. And number two, to give us a commercial for the next issue of Unlimited, which the editor... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which the editor's box tells us to buy for the rest of Vulture's story. We cut back to a Ben Seward flashback, even though it says elsewhere. So yeah, there's like Vulture attacking someone, and it says elsewhere, but it's not elsewhere. It's... A while ago, so whatever. Ben has helped Seaward and has offered him a job as his lab assistant, but there's a crisis in the lab which forces Ben to reveal his spider strength to Seaward. The flashback ends and we cut back to the present day with the captured Scarlet Spider. The power of the flashback has helped Ben break out of his restraints, where he attacks the henchmen with his impact webbing and stingers, but their suits use some science to deflect the attack. This causes yet another flashback. Another flashback. Ben is caught in an explosion at Trainer's lab and wants Trainer to leave him before the bigger explosion happens. Trainer snaps him out of it and says that they have to both get out in time, which they do, and Trainer offers Ben the lab assistant job, despite his shady past, which he takes. The flashback is over, and Ben remembers that he has to fight these henchmen who were right in front of him while he was having a flashback. And fight them he does. He realizes that they are robots and tears them apart. He busts through the wall looking for his captor and realizes that he's been at Seaward's lab all along. Scarlet Spider destroys the camera that the unseen captor is using to view him as a tentacle elsewhere destroys the monitor in anger. The Scarlet Spider finds Seaward Trainer in his cell before it's about to fill up with water, drowning him. They talk and they can't figure out who did this, but they realize that they must check out the New York lab. But, Trainer wonders, I thought Ben was done with New York, but Ben decided that he is not. And that is the end of Exiled, except that there's another part in Unlimited that has nothing to do with these preceding two parts. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. 
I like that. There's another part, but it really has nothing to do. Isn't that what usually happens with, with the, uh, like, didn't that happen with Mark of Cain, where it was actually a five part story, but the fifth part really makes no sense? Oh, yeah, totally. Has Jack all to do with anything? I'm going to go with, uh, Don- Donovan, because I've got him with Donovan first. So, Donovan, you're, you're up. What's your thoughts? Um, there's nothing particularly wrong with this issue that kind of bugs me or anything. But um, I, I wasn't feeling as, as much as the last issue or the issue before. I mean, it just – the way it's told – who wrote this? Was it Mackie? It was Mackie. Um, the way this was told, like, I don't know. I just, it, it seemed a little too uninteresting of like, like, oh, fighting robots and, you know, being held captive. Don't black out. It just seems kind of typical for this sort of era of comic books. It's sort of like the opposite end of uh, the um, web issue. Um Pat Broderick, he's an artist that I recognize his style, and most times I don't have a problem. I don't, I don't think he's a bad artist, but I just don't really care for his style. It's very heavily inked. But this one, um, he actually looks a little different, and I thought he did a pretty decent job. I, um, I also like that we did get a little more uh, fleshing out to Ben Seward's history. Overall, I don't think there's really much for me to say. I mean, it's kind of just Ben fighting robots and saving Seward Trainer's life. Uh, really. I mean, I don't have I don't have a very strong opinion on this either way. Some of this gives a middle of the road C. A middle of the road so, C. Middle of the road C, huh? Um, so let's give uh, Gerard a chance to speak. <laughs> you better. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, is that a threat, sir? I'll make you bleed again. Yes. Did I, did I stutter? It was pretty obvious. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, for you, I had a. Remember how I said I that the. The previous issue did the same story a lot more successfully. Yeah, I, I didn't like this one too much. In fact, I, I'm going to go as far as to say it was pretty bad. No. Um, I thought, that the, unlike the previous issue where you get a lot in the flashbacks, you get a lot of character stuff, and then in the present day, there's enough of like a mystery to keep you interested in what's happening. In, in this issue, the thing that's happening in the present day is just kind of like tedious and drawn out, and the stuff that's happening in the past is just sort of dumb. Like I don't really, I don't really know how else to explain it. I mean, like, yeah, it fleshes out their relationship a little bit more, I guess. But it, you know, it's a little bit too similar to how they did the last time. And this one just comes across as being like a plus one to, to like fill out because this thing has to be four parts, and you have to you know bridge the gap between the previous issue and the unlimited issue that somehow has nothing to do with it, but still called part four. Um. Although I did appreciate that it was a quick end to this little side story. At least they didn't drag it any further than that. Um, what? Th- you talking about them dragging stories out? <laughs> they would never do that. <laughs> the past and the present stuff are both kind of overwrought nonsense, but I gotta disagree with Don a little bit on the artwork. I thought it, the artwork was actually really weak. Um, specifically, I thought that he did a really poor job with the faces. Like, his Scarlet Spider isn't bad, I guess. I mean, it looks a little amateurish in spots, but, you know, that I, I, that might have something to do with, like, maybe the inking or something like that. I, you know what it is, real quick? I really, I really like how he does uh, his eyes. I, I actually tend to draw uh, Spider-Man's eyes like that, too, so I, I probably just sympathize with that. He, do, he does do the, the Scarlet Spider eyes pretty well, because the Scarlet Spider eyes have to have, like, the little, like, knobs on the the in the middle part and then on, like, the, the little top, the points. Because yeah. Spider-Man's mask has that in black, but, you know, Scarlet Spider's is all white. Yeah, it, it, it needs to look like a white uh, version of, like, the black outline of Spider-Man's mask. But in particular, there's one page I'll look at right now. Flip the, go to page 16 and look at his spider sense. <laughs> it looks... I mean, I don't have to really describe what that looks like to everybody. It's like, it's like Cheetos. Try to think about how babies are made. What page? Well, I'm trying. It's actually 16 of the story. It's 17 if you count the cover in our little wink wink file. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I so, that's pretty bad, but. So I'm going to give this one a D plus. It basically apes the previous issue and then does it very weakly. So, as as the, the Spider Sense kind of looks like like a bad video game version of Spider Sense. Okay, I'm going to give you a little story. Little Zach um, 
was about oh, six years Zach, old. Like young Zach? Has Josh gone? No, I'm, 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 I'm here. Young Zach. I wasn't talking about the little Zach. No, did, did you get his thoughts? It, it doesn't matter what order we go in. All right. Wait, did I? <clears throat> Excuse me. Bertani, give your thoughts. Sorry. I'll, I'll do it. Right. Well, I just, I just, as you, as you can hear in my rundown, uh, I don't like how... I don't like how the scene transitions like went, especially with the flashbacks. Uh, to the point where it was like the vulture elsewhere. There's a flashback, and the vulture. There was no need for the vulture to be there except to get people to pick up unlimited. I did like how they showcase Ben's impact webbing and stingers in this issue because we didn't. We don't get to see that that much, surprisingly. Even though you know these are the things that make Ben unique from Peter, so maybe we should see more of them at the end. Well, not even at the end with Trainer's Lab. Like, in the beginning, like, that lab that, like, exploded and everything. <sighs> that is such an unrealistic lab for a scientist that was supposed to be as modest as Trainer was back then. Like, Ben had just helped him set the lab up, and he even said that he couldn't hire any personnel. Like, you know, he he, he doesn't have the budget to hire personnel, but he could build that thing. Ugh. Who needs budget when you have science? I mean... <laughs> Right. He built it with science. We built this lab on science and rock and roll. So the storyline's called Exiled. Ben went to a cabin. Now he's not in the cabin anymore. That was that that, that was him being exiled. So <laughs> j- 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 just saying, like yeah, because Trainer's Lab. Okay, no, no, they they didn't go to his New York lab because now they're going to his New York lab. But even so, yeah. I'm going to give this a D. The, I didn't like the art. There was some clunky stuff within the writing and the scene transitions. It just... And the flashbacks and the lab. But they do get points for the impact webbing and the stingers. But otherwise, D. Okay. <clears throat> well, thank you. Uh, I'm going to probably give this this the highest grade of, of the panel this month. Um, let me tell you a little story, first of all. Little Zach, as in young little Zach, when he's a little laddie. Um, so the first issues he ever read. Uh, I totally forgot about it until I sat down and read it, and I was like, holy crap. Um, and I read this thing so much that literally the covers and the pages fell apart. I read this so much. Um so I have very fond memories. This was my first major exposure to the Scarlet Spider. Had no clue what was going on with the Vulture and, and with Peter and the crunching and stuff like that. But uh, I just remember really enjoying all the Octobots and all that stuff, which ironically enough would make a return later on in the uh, – or most recently in the um, big-time storyline. But um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, liked the artwork for the most part until somebody pointed out the sperm – uh, spider sense. <laughs> I ruined it for you. You, you ruined it for me. It's okay. And the story when this issue and all and the previous issue really was weak. Um, I'm gonna give this. I, I'll give it. A, I'll give it a C minus, uh, just for the nostalgia's sake. But yeah, C minus. I, li- I like the line at the end. So who did this? I don't know. And for the moment, it's not important. <laughs> why? Why? Why would it be? I mean. It- well, they tried to murder I us. don't know. For the moment, that's not important. What is important is I need to get back to my my New York lab right away. To need to make sure my files are intact. Sorry. I guess the exile yeah, that was, that was is going to have to return. <laughs> uh, that, that particular panel with the C-word in the last page is really goofy looking. <laughs> oh, his bandages. And his nose. No, it's like, it's like his face. His facial structure is off. Yeah, like I said, it's some of the art is really messed up. <laughs> that yeah. that was one of the worst stages. <laughs> yeah, and like Peter looks like a fifteen year old kid with stubble. Peter? Yeah, that's yeah, it's been. Yeah, not good. Not good at all. So, um <clears throat> I'll give it a C C minus. And now Exiled Part Four of Four. Spider Man Unlimited. Number ten, three ninety five US. Those of you that paid three ninety five back then, well, you're paying it now. <laughs> you are uh, you were in for a treat. Oh, oh, 
I'm, I'm sure to... that they felt this was well worth it. <clears throat> yes. Oh, jeepers, this is the greatest story ever. Exactly. What will happen and, next? And, and they're and, buying their war bonds with their comic book. <laughs> <laughs> and to fill in as the uh, rundown artist, or don't, you don't know who rundown of X- Exile Part 4. <laughs> All right. Again, like the previous uh, Unlimited issue, this is another long, tedious one, so you're going to have to hear me drone on for a while. So if you need to use the bathroom, <laughs> you can have a good time to go do it. Okay, anyway, we begin the issue with... Now, first of all, now that Seward Trainer is back to doing his science thing, and I quote that because that's actually what it says in the comic, and science is in all cat is in, like, emphasized... <laughs> awesome! So, so when I read it, I said he's back to doing his science! Science! <laughs> the Scarlet Spider decides that he's going to stay in New York and figure out what to do next with his life. And, of course, those plans apparently involve beating up old men looking to regain their youth and poking his nose in the business of families that are needlessly tacked on to Spider-Man's origin. I'll explain later. Um, <laughs> the Vulture has begun transitioning back to his, uh, you know, advanced, like, 150 or however old he's supposed to be. So when he's, he's flying around and then suddenly plummets from the sky, lands on top of a car, and, like, breaks through most of it, but thankfully for him, at least, his, uh, his wing stopped any real serious damage, and they broke his fall. Meanwhile, in Queens, a typical working-class family sits down for dinner. Oh, God. With the main entree is some sort of tired, melodramatic plot thread that we've all seen a hundred times already. Uh, it, basically, what's going on is the, the dad for the family has been working like a dead-end job to try to get his son through college, but the kid decided that he's going to join up with a local gang so that he can make like a quick buck because it's a lot easier and yada, yada, yada. We've all seen this before. And then, you know, they get into like an argument, run away and all sorts of BS. Back in Manhattan, Ben suddenly, you know, as a Scarlet Spider shows up, starts investigating that damaged car that the vulture crashed from a, uh, like a newsstand operator guy that the vulture had fallen out of the sky and that he's old again. So, and then as he's, you know, bantering with the guy, he gets a candy bar and he's like, looks over at the Daily Bugle and says, oh my god, it's Uncle the anniversary of Uncle Ben's death. And if you thought that was a clumsy transition in, the, in my, uh, recap, it was even clumsier in the comic. Like, he, he literally just glances at the front page of Daily Bugles like, <gasps> it's the anniversary of Uncle Ben's death. So, you know, you get a standard flashback to, like, you know, bits of Amazing Fantasy 15, etc. So anyway, while, meanwhile, while Ben is daydreaming about somebody else's uncle, a businessman enters into a subway station, which, by the way, another, and you know how I have these New York pet thieves? This is another one of those. They mentioned something about how the train go, trains going from Manhattan to Brooklyn, like the DNF from Manhattan, but the guy is clearly walking into an uptown subway station, which doesn't go from Manhattan to Brooklyn, it would just go further uptown to Manhattan. <laughs> I, I, I warn you about these kind of things, but nobody else cares. We'll put that um, in the whoops category. <laughs> I put in brackets on my thing, goof alert. Like, anybody really gives a damn, but anyway. Um, so the businessman walks into the subway station and is immediately held up at gunpoint by some really grungy-looking dude. Then the grungy dude suddenly disappears because the vulture snatches him out of the subway station, sucks off all his life energy, and then, like, you know, discards the guy's body, and he turns to the businessman and starts, jumps to go steal his life, too, so he can, you know, regain his youth. Well, it, 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 it's basically, if you don't... It, to take a step backwards, since I guess we hadn't talked about this before. In case you don't remember, this is the early in the like earlier in the nineties. The vulture had gotten the, the final. Uh, it was the final parent storyline. Yeah, it was with the robot. No, it was before that. Yeah, it was before that. No, it was during that when he. No, no, no. But I mean, he he had it during that period, and that's when he started. Oh, that's right. But he had it before that. They they referenced it in the issue. In the issue, it was like three. It's in, like, the 360s, I think. But basically, he had a device that allowed him to steal people's life energy and become a young man again. It was adapted into the 90s cartoon as well. So you might remember... Oh, yeah. You might remember Vulture being young at times and being old at other times. That, that's the, sort of the deal. So since he had drained Spider-Man's life energy way back in the day, he had been young for a while. 
he started getting old again in the robot parent story, and then I think he tried to drain the life out of the uh, the Mary Lee Parker robot, which is what caused that robot to die. And he was he sort of got into like a temporary youth again, but that that's in this story that bit of temporary youth is starting to fade. I think now that I've completely lost where I was in my nose. He he was also a giant spider monster at times in the animated series. <laughs> yeah, because he stole Spider Man's. Uh, life that when he was having his neogenic crisis or whatever, I remember that. The neogenic nightmare is finally over. <laughs> the Punisher is there in the story for some random reason. <laughs> Even though they had to completely neuter him to get him on the show. Um, Punisher teams up with Craven? Oh, yes. <laughs> Punisher teams up with Anna Watson? Oh, God, that happened, too. (laughs) (laughs) I want you to kill my daughter's boyfriend. (laughs) Anyway, back to the comic, which is significantly less entertaining than the thing. (laughs) So later, Ben visits the grave of an older better been, you know, Earth Hill Cemetery, and then he hears the father from the family that we saw earlier, Mr. Mulligan, approaching to go pay his respects, so of course Ben has to run away because he, for some stupid reason, was standing there in costume without his mask on, as opposed to, like, you know, showing up in street clothes and you wouldn't have oh, to hell, yeah. light a sign of trouble. Um, Mr. Mulligan recounts, out loud, by the way, like he's actually standing there talking at the grave, like, giving all this exposition, he talks about an incident that happened years ago in a textile factory where Mr. Mulligan and uh, Uncle Ben worked together, and they teamed up to save some other dude from getting his arm, like, you know, ripped out of its socket from the textile machines that were, like, malfunctioning. And stuff. You know, just to show it once again the obvious fact that Uncle Ben is a nice guy. He also recalls how uh, he and Uncle Ben became friends after that, and Uncle Ben basically tried to give him a small check to help him out with his uh, financial problem, and his Uncle Ben was murdered, tacking more unnecessary BS into Spider-Man's origin story. <laughs> Speaking of him talking out loud, Peter then approaches, because, you know, Peter was happened to, you know, have to go visit Uncle it's Ben. It's Ben. At... Oh, wait, it's Ben? Yeah. Oh, you ain't right. You're right. I it's think it's Ben, and he's telling everyone that he's Peter. You know... But he thinks he's Peter. Where does the clothes come from? Well, what, what you, it's not like Ben Riley's naked half the when he's not Scarlet Spider. But he, there's no there's no like backpack or website. Yeah, and I got I got the idea from the speed at which it happened that that was Peter. I don't know. I got the idea from the fact that like when Peter shows up at the end, they say, "Well, where's Peter been this whole time?" Why getting groceries, of course. And it's Ben. <laughs> and it's Ben. Right. It's Ben who deals with the problem the whole time, and like changes. And then changes into the Scarlet Spider to help the guy. So that's what I figure. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're right. It, it is Ben. I'm just you know I was sort of mocking the fact that it happens really really clumsy. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Ben, it is Ben. All right, you killed my joke. He approaches, and you know, because again, Mulligan was talking out loud and giving all his exposition. So of course, he heard the entire thing and sort of vows to go help the guy. He asks for a picture of his son, and of course, Mister Mulligan hands over a photograph of his son without asking any questions. If some random guy walked up to you in a graveyard and said, "Hey," I heard you talk about your son. Can I have a picture of him? Would you give him a picture like that without asking? That that's dumb. Anyway, you know, John Walsh is not involved in the story. You won't have America's Most Wanted tracking down this guy or anything like that. This time, yeah, the Outsiders. For true, true story. Yeah, he was in an issue of the Outsiders where like Lion Harper, Arsenal's daughter, got like put in a child molestation ring. As he makes a joke, it turns into an actual story. Okay. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Yeah, I'm only like halfway through a recap here, people. So anyway, uh, the younger, the son that I just mentioned, Jimmy Mulligan, attends like a sort of robbery planning session. That's run by minor, that's what it is. <laughs> it's run by some sort of minor crime boss named Mr. Witten. Which, you know, uh, whatever. I'm not even going to make that joke. So Jimmy becomes... Are after- you making a joke about, um, to me, Mr. Mr. Gerard? 
Never mind. <laughs> just, just, never mind. I, I like forgot it, but I was like thinking of it. And I was just, I, I'm tired, okay? <laughs> Jimmy becomes apprehensive when he learns that Billy of murder most foul involved in their plan, because I guess they have to just ice whoever they come across in order to steal all the electronics or whatever that they're planning. So later that night, the Vulture stakes out an electronics store where he thinks he can upgrade his equipment, which, I don't know about you guys, but do you randomly walk into... Like, like why would there be high-level science equipment in a random electronics warehouse? Like, unless this guy is, like, MacGyver, I don't think that's going to be particularly helpful to him, but... Magic, we can't explain it. <laughs> There's a short flashback explaining how the Vulture got out of prison since the last time we saw him, which i got to be perfectly honest with you. I don't even remember the last time we saw him. Was it the previous Unlimited? Yeah, it was like, yeah. And then he also teamed up with Al at the beginning of the Clone Saga. And they talked Wait, about, like, we, unleashing was, their was, inner birds. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, Web of Death. No, wait, before Web of Death. Whatever immediately came before then. Um, the one with Daredevil and stuff. <sighs> anyway, well, so... Uh, back from the edge. Yeah, thank you. Back from the edge. So, you know, he, he goes inside of the warehouse to go steal bits and bobs of electronics that he's somehow going to use to magically repair his equipment. And he stumbles upon that robbery that they had been planning as it's in progress. Oh, excuse me. One thug moves to go shank the night watchman, who I guess is just sitting there like reading a magazine or something. He's some old guy. And But Jimmy, is being the complete wuss that he is, just starts screaming and alerts the guard to their presence. Sensing an opportunity with his cunning old man mind, the vulture starts uh, to pounce on a couple of dogs and begins to, like, suck the life out of them, dating his youth again. Yeah, the, the, all these references to sucking are just starting to sound bad. Two of the goons escape out, like, the side or back door or something, but the Scarlet Spider is just, you know, who's around the neighborhood for some reason, just sees them trying to escape, webs them up, and then heads into the uh, electronics store slash warehouse to go fight the vulture. He fights him for, t- for like a brief bit, but then Toombs grabs the night watchman, carries him up through the roof, drops him over the river, and in a complete like facepalm moment, as soon as he drops the guy, Ben's like, oh, this is just like when? God! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so Ben saves the night watchman. The old guy gives him some uh, useful information that we're not really shown, but it's going to come into play later in the issue. Jimmy heads back to I don't know how, I guess he just runs back by himself without any of the other guys. Heads back to Witten's office and him that and Witten is pissed. So he slips on these gloves that have like these like metal studded knuckles and basically starts approaching the kids like, I'm gonna beat the living as <laughs> bleep 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 out of you. And then we cut to the hospital with Jimmy looking like, you know, a side of, like, undercooked roast beef being carried <laughs> by somebody. I, like, I'm, I'm that serious. Like, the, he, like, Witten completely worked this kid over off-panel and just, like, beat the living piss out of him. He took out his Dr. No gloves. Yeah. Which, I mean, that, that doesn't make sense plot-wise. Like, if this kid knows, like, where your operation is, like, centralized and all that stuff, why did they let him live? They just beat him up and, like, tossed him out in the street or something. But anyway, they call up the other Mulligans. His mom and his dad show up at the hospital, and then they, you know, Mr. Mulligan is like, oh, this is Witten's doing. So, you know, he takes off to go deal with Witten. Ben calls, you know, seeing how the Mulligan's home and learns that from one of their daughters that Mr. Mulligan wants to go confront Witten. So then we cut to that scene. We see Mr. Mulligan sort of, you know, getting into an argument with Witten. And like his son, of course, he's a com- also a complete wuss. So he doesn't do anything, tosses the gun away. Witten goes to reach for the gun, which, by the way, is drawn really poorly. It is has like a 90-degree angle with, like, the handle and the barrel. And it, it, looks, looks, like, yeah, it looks like a boomerang painted like yeah, it looks more like a boomerang than a gun. But anyway, so then the Scarlet Spider webs that thing down to the ground and then webs Witten up to the wall. And, uh, you know, tells, you know, Mulligan to, you know, get the F out of there. And he does. Slowly walk out the door. So Spider-Man, they show, this is what Bertoni was referencing earlier. They show Spider-Man swinging around, returning from a grocery trip, 
which, you know, as Spider-Man, he's swinging around with a bag of groceries under his arm. And then he pulls a cane and has a vision of a dead Mary Jane for some reason. Which, and then it's not followed up at all in this issue. You get a tease for, like, Time Bomb or whatever, but that's, that's all you get from this issue of that. Anyway. He also, uh, he also drops the groceries, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he probably, so there's probably a scene that we don't see where you have to turn around and go, go back or like he shows. <laughs> and it kills a homeless person. <laughs> <laughs> no, the homeless person sitting in there in the alley is like, why, God, why? And then a piece of like two piece large loaves of bread is dropped into their lap. They're like, yay! And then the gallon of milk falls on his head and Peter like walks down the alley with great power and must always come with great responsibility. <laughs> yes, yes. So anyway. Now we reach the rapidly tying up loose ends part of the issue. <laughs> where Ben basically finds the vulture really fast somehow. Like, they don't even show how he like, tracks him. He just appears and the vulture is there. And then they start to fight. Scarlet breaks one of the vulture's wings. So Toombs immediately turns and tries to see somehow, and by somehow I mean I'll tell you very shortly, the transfer doesn't work. And the tables turn rapidly in Ben's favor. He webs the vulture to the wall and breaks those uh, life-draining gauntlets that the vulture has. Which I got, I got questions about that, which I'll ask you guys a little bit afterward, after I finish this recap. Scarlet Spider leaves tombs for the police, and then, for some inexplicable reason, begins to explain to the audience how he actually managed to stop that life transfer which is that, based on the tip from the uh, elderly night watchman that reminded him of Gwen Stacy for some reason, he decided to wear, like, a large rubber vest, which, boy, thank God Tombs didn't try to grab him on, like, the arms or the legs or, like, the face or anything like that, because he would have been toast. Yeah, it's on the same place as Robin did, the rubber lips from Batman and Robin. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and by the way, everything turned out for the Mulligan family. Not that you care or anything like that. (laughs) None of that had anything to do with the rest of Exile, but that's Exile Part 4. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the only reaction. (laughs) (sighs) Bertone, give us your thoughts. Bertone! He refuses to give his thoughts. Was on mute! Why do these unlimited issues always have random Joes? It's like every unlimited issue. It's like the theme of them has been like Spider-Man, like you know, gets involved in the life of some random person. Tangle Web before Tangle Web. Oh, yeah, but Tangle Web was better executed. Tangle Web wasn't even that well executed. <laughs> and it's usually like boring people that he gets involved with. Like I don't care about this family and. Oh, okay. So Uncle Ben worked at a textile factory, Uncle and ben. yeah, <laughs> I'm being facetious. Okay, Uncle Ben worked at a textile factory. Apparently, like up to like the day that he died, that's some new information. Uh, I think that the textile factory. Oh, go ahead. I, I don't. I don't think so. I think in between the textile factory bit of the story and the helping him out with the money part of the story, there's actually time that passes. Because it, se- it seems like they drew Ben to look a little older in that latter scene. Because, like, Ben's kind of, like, middle-aged, but, like, I guess he still has, like, color in his hair in the textile factory part. Again, it's a really clumsy transition, just like that Ben turning into, like, Peter randomly section that I, like, I got kind of confused and joked about. Yeah. Like, they, they, they actually show Uncle Ben in the textile factory thing. They're like, and then we, they became friends. But then there's, like, a supposed to be a period of, I guess, what's supposed to be like years maybe before they, they get to the part of the day he dies, I think. Yeah. We get another visit to Uncle Ben's grave, which is all well and fine, but we just had this in part one. So that could have been planned a little better. I know that it was necessary for the story, but I don't know. Like, this should have been caught, so maybe they would have changed part one so that, like, you know, Peter and Ben were doing something else instead of visiting a grave. Who knows? But but it was just Ben instead of Peter and Ben. Except she changed into Peter, so it was technically Peter and Ben. <gasps> oh, God, stop. The art was horrible. <laughs> uh, the night understatement of the year. This was... They spent way too much yeah, the vulture's face, like like on page forty four of the, you know, wink wink file 
or I guess page 46, rather. It's, uh... This is not some with it, old man. You face but Adrian Tubes. Then it would improve Vulture. Like, the the faces, the eyes, just... It's... (sighs) Didn't... I really have very little to say about... Like, what am I going to say? Like, oh, the Night Watchman was born. Like, you know, it, it was all... Oh. And then, like, the page where the Vulture is strangling Scarlet Spider, Homer Simpson style... (laughs) <laughs> Why you little? Yeah, uh, it's this was bad even for the '90s, so I'm giving it an F. Okay, Jonathan, what's your thoughts? This is you can eat a dish. What are your PG-13 thoughts? Yeah, I figured that we cut out. Well, I, I gotta say that the cover I've seen the cover I have the cover I've seen the cover for a long time if I, ever since I was a kid. Um I I've seen that cover in my like a uh, Spider Man unmasked like story that was released like immediately after the Clone Saga, which would tell you all about Spider Man's friends and foes and this this would be like the default picture of the lizard and with like no eyes and everything. I actually I found this cover really creepy as a kid. Um not so creepy is the actual story. <laughs> Neither is it actually good. I'll start with the obvious. The art, uh, the art is just uh, like like you. It's, it's, it seems to get it's decent when it starts out, but by the time the vulture turns into back into an old man and starts like talking to himself by screaming and jutting his head back like Whoa! like like a peacock, it it turns into, it turns into insta fail. And if you don't realize it, like, the family is even worse. The kid has, like, anime eyes, and the dad's, like, hooked on steroids. I mean, there are some parts, there are some panels in this entire issue, like, especially when Spider-Man gets into it for, like, a brief moment, where I could... So that's, that, that said something. You, you cut out, what'd you say? I was gonna say that, like, um, there are, uh-huh. there are some panels in this comic where I feel I could draw better than that, and I suck as an artist, so... <laughs> Oh, you don't fuck as an artist. Uh, Why is Don Knotts being randomly attacked in this comic? The guy with the money. Yeah. Um. Okay. The the Ben that, Peter, that Ben Parker seemed true. That's for the for, for the plot. But you think if they were leading up to this, they could at least mention when he was with Peter. Oh, it, we're here right now, but in a few days it's going to be the anniversary of his death, so we should make sure to come here again. But no, and then. Spider-Man doesn't even show up there. Ben does, but Spider-Man doesn't? Oh, I guess it's because he's the clone, lols, lols, lols. Because he's getting groceries, man. <laughs> you know, I've forgotten about the whole grocery bit, and when you made that comment, oh, Spider-Man's off getting groceries, I thought you were joking until, like... They even, like, make a joke out of it. Like, like they, they act like it's the Silver Age. Peter's like, boy, who would have thought that a superhero has to... Get groceries and wait in line. Like it's a joke that Stan Lee would have made. That's that, a very, yeah. If you, if you listen to Amazing Spider-Man, Mike Lackey. Simply put, Mike Lackey, you fail. Well, okay. If if you ever listen to uh, Amazing Spider-Man classics, and really you should, then you'll know that this is my least favorite villain of the entire Spider-Man retinue of, of, of villains, the Vulture, and he's not. He he's even more annoying when he's this young guy. I don't know why he doesn't have any eyes when he's in young form. That makes zero sense. And like, <laughs> gritting his teeth and raving around. Like there's some pi- pictures where I just actually want to like pretend I'm Scarlet Spider and I'm wearing you know a hoodie and, and web shoes and I want to just punch him in the face because he looks really really stupid. Like, like I want you. Yeah, they most have this much to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 whole the whole the whole family plots. I mean. There, rarely in comic books where a random family gets involved is it ever good. I mean, I'm thinking of the death of Superman. That was like the worst part of that entire book, Mister. Um, I look like Axel Rose, but I'm really not angsty teenager. And it's, it's even worse here. Like I can't kill somebody. There, there's nothing good about this issue besides the fact that Ben Wright is a cool character that, in, in a bad story. Um, I'm giving this a super F. <laughs> that's like that's like Mr. Crocker from Fairly Odd Parents. He's like Timmy Turner. This is so bad that you don't only get an F, you get a super F. <laughs> the exclamation point. <clears throat> I'm sure that that's happened in an episode before. Okay. I'm pretty sure it has too. 
not that I watch Fairly Odd Parents because other than you know kids and uh, awesome people, nannies, we have no reason at twenty in our twenties to be watching. Oh my that. god! I just googled Fairly Odd Parents and Super F, and yes, <laughs> it exists. I'm doing it now. Let, let, let me. Okay, this time I'm ready for Crocker's stupid test. Hey, good news, Turner. You've taken F to a new level. I'm giving you a Super F. (laughs) So, Super F from Donovan. Gerard, give us your thoughts. We've heard your rundown, but... uh, I uh, I don't think you're going to be shocked by this, so I'll give him this one and a half also. Uh, (laughs) Boy, was this artwork bad. Really bad. I mean... There were a couple of artists on this one, actually. It was, I guess, the main sections were drawn by Sean McManus, and then the the flashback parts of it were drawn by... He also had two different inkers on it as well. And, uh, yeah, neither of them does a good job. I mean, Brennan's flashback bits are a little better, but the modern-day stuff looks really poor, especially at the end. When there's like this really jarring change of like inkers, where it becomes really clear, it it just looks like that was like the last three days that they had to get the book to press, and then suddenly they just rushed out the ink job to make sure that it would be finished in time, and it looks terrible. Um, The whole thing with Uncle Ben and flashback transitions are really clumsy, and as I even like editorialized in my rundown, they're really tacked onto the story, like. The fact that uh, this guy knew Uncle Ben and like, or apparently, uh, was apparently like a really good friend of his and was like with him the day he died or whatever. And was, that, why, why is any of that necessary to the story? Wasn't that in like, um, like, like there was some friend of Uncle Ben's that Peter ran to? I don't know. I'm sure there was. I mean, come on. <laughs> I want Let's someone to it. say that Uncle Ben was a jerk because I like, I'm tired of like people. Peter always running into like people like oh man your uncle Ben was like so inspiring like he runs into well, those was that one story where where, where uh, Peter was molested and um, <laughs> the guy freakishly looked like Uncle Ben. <laughs> Miles Warren in his plan for revenge used Doctor Doom's time machine to clone Uncle Ben <laughs> and then like <laughs> and then when he By says the, way, the dream is out of continuity Peter was not molested as a child just. Putting that out there. <laughs> Isn't that Slot's next arc, though? Oh, God. Oh, no. Okay, I, was, I, I don't mean to turn it he, He's going to bring back Skip, <laughs> because Slot's all about <laughs> continuity. He's going to have, like, Skip be, like, one of the new Horizon Lab. Like Everyone knows that Peter was molested as a boy. <laughs> but Max, Max Modell's going to be like, Peter, I'd like to introduce <laughs> you to the lab assistant. He finally became a scientist. Even though he's like the second time already. <laughs> Max Dell's gonna be like, Peter, here's your new lab assistant. His name is Skip. He says he knows you. Uh huh. He's gonna, he's gonna, and he's like, so Peter, I hear you like to do your lab work naked. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. itself. I, I should have never brought up Skip. Should never brought up Skip. Marvel should have never brought up Skip. <laughs> I can't unhear that. <laughs> wow, that's so though. Jeepers, now, now what am I going to do? Okay, continue. On. But anyway, the Mulligan family, like, I don't give a damn about them, and they're stupid retread, like, melodrama story. I mean, like, haven't we, you've seen this, you've probably seen this story, like, a hundred times across, like, four different media, you know? of this on every sitcom drama like comic book newspaper overused plot device ever video game like everything that you've ever seen probably have used some variant of this story at least once and so I'm not going to get really excited about a really particularly crappy version of that same (laughs) storyline I like love this, these reviews. <laughs> this is like a really terribly executed version of something that you've already seen a thousand times. So that's like two. That's like a double strike. You've seen it before, and it's really crappy version of it. Um, of course, I already complained. This has really nothing to do with Exile at all. But this is like this is a typical thing for Spider-Man Unlimited now, I guess. Which, which actually, you know, it kind of brings up a point though. Spider-Man Unlimited up to this point had been like an anthology series. I think yeah. from here on out, if I'm not mistaken, 
it's pretty much just like one giant, giant. Yeah, it's just one giant regular issue. Um, it will also feature in a couple of months when Ben Riley's in, in the suit. Um, Stephen Butler again drawing Ben Riley. Yeah, that's true. Um, Although I do have to lament, what the hell? Uh, I mean, all right, I, I kind of know what he was doing at the time. I guess he was also drawing X Men twenty ninety nine, but no more Ron Lim in this book, which was like one of the only things that you could look forward to. And how bad this final is. Oh, that yeah. up, up until now, Ron Lim had usually been the main feature artist, but yeah. I guess now that they had gone to the you know super long story format, it, it was really huge to do it anymore because he was also doing a monthly title. So yeah, exactly. Because from when did X Men twenty nine nine start? Like ninety three. Yeah, and then yeah, I think he was on the book until like ninety six. So yeah, that would. But of course, the ultimate facepalm moment of the issue that convinced me that this is like merely not a D minus or a D, but is like an absolute F bomb in the toilet, is that whole scene where, where, where like they drop the Night Watchman guy, and he's like, oh, this is like, it's like Wednesday, we all over again. I'm like, my God. Like, if he's walking down the street, and like some dude drops like a brick off the scaffold or something. Does that, does that, like, bring back flashbacks of, like, when... Oh, my God! The, the brick is falling through the air! Just like, when... <laughs> there, there, like, there's, there's only one problem with this entire Oh, story. my God! That hooker is having sex with Norman Osborn! Just like when... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's only one problem with this whole storyline. It seems like every time you turn around, only one. Um, <laughs> well, I'm talking about the storyline in general. It's like it's like it's like Ben Riley's like a beachback, like like in the in the in the previous issue where he's like fighting these guys, these robots, and he's having a flashback while he's fighting. You have all these. <laughs> he just stop smoking that weed. He's having Yeah, this guy's prone to flashbacks. Flashbacks. Here's another thing about like what Gerard was saying with uh, the Gwen thing. There are ways to do it. Like I actually liked in that one um, Paul Jenkins story 300 where there's a bomb going off a building and like there's just one panel with with like Gwen falling and then it goes back to like the present day. Spider-Man doesn't say anything. So you get the idea that the uh, integral importance of like that one instant. Is reminiscent of Gwen Stacy falling. When you see an old guy being carried by the friggin' vulture and saying, it's like, you can't just say, oh, it's just like Gwen! Like, it's, it's just trying too hard. And then he has to go through that whole stupidity of like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that this time what I'll do is I'll make sure the line is and uh, not solid, you know, not really uh, high tension so that, you know, it'll give a little bit when I can. And I'm like, really? First of all, he didn't <laughs> drop him from that high of a height anyway. It, it looked like it was like at most like three stories. So the fact that he had the time to think of all this and have his like oh Gwen thing <laughs> like ridiculous. Mary Jane, no, it'll be like oh. like I can imagine this happening in real life. He's like oh my god, this reminds me just like what happened to Gwen. Sploosh, the guy's already dead. <laughs> like, uh, so, uh, so I, I take it you didn't like it, Gerard. Um, Yes, well, through the unanimous decision, I have decided to make this a universal decision. This issue is fail. Surprise. Absolute F. Um, <laughs> terrible book. This book is not anywhere close. <sighs> I mean, the artwork was atrocious. <laughs> the last 10 or 15 pages are like, really? <clears throat> really? Um, you were really hired, really? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gerard Delatour, back when he was six, could have drawn better than this. Oh, wait, how old was I when this book came out? Uh, you were probably ten. When he was 25, could have drawn better than this. And that's staying in, but I'm bleeping his name. Oh. <laughs> Did you say... <laughs> yes, I said... <laughs> <laughs> God. Anyway, but <laughs> so 
Yeah, this is just so fail. Uh, not a very good book to end the month out, but uh, definitely pointless, unnecessary, and uh, should have not been included with the rest of the storyline. You, you want to know? Fun fact: that I'm, I'm like inputting these, you know, grades into my, you know, obsessive compulsive disorder spreadsheet that I have of all of our grades, and uh-huh. I reviewed four issues of Spider-Man Unlimited. Bertoni has given every single one an F. <laughs> I've, I've given all but one an F. I gave the first, I guess, I guess number seven, a uh, looks like a C minus. Donovan's reviewed two of them. He gave one an F and one a D. And you've given one D, one C, and two F. Nice. So uh, this tells this tells you. <laughs> so this gives us pretty much an indictment on the uh, the title. <laughs> what does the title end now? Fourteen. Uh, yeah. No. No, no, it goes like, beyond the Clone Saga. It goes to like 20, right? Yeah, it goes to like 20. You're, you're going to get a Scarlet Spider one, which, like I said, Donovan, that's what, that's where you find out what happened to Miles Warren's family. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to... And then the the last Clone Saga <laughs> oh, issue... That achieved achieve levels of fail unrivaled only by <laughs> Maximum Clone Omega. I can't wait. <laughs> I think I'm kidding. I'm I, not. I, 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 I can't <laughs> wait. Um, and the, <laughs> And the last A issue, <laughs> and the last unlimited issue that takes place during the Clone Saga has been coming face to face with one of the most despicable people in the Spider-Man universe. Aunt May? No. <laughs> the Hobgoblin? No. Don't don't, don't even say it. I, I, I don't want it spoiled. I, I got I got to like look this up now. It's Spider Unlimited number fourteen. He he dates Betty Brant. Oh, oh that's. that's <laughs> yep, that, I forgot that was that was Betty Brand. I forget that you hate Betty Brand. <laughs> Me and Kevin had that little exchange about over Spider Jeopardy. He's like, it depends on what your intent is by dating. And then like I had to be coy about it without revealing what it was. And he's like, oh, so it's based on your intent. And I'm like, no, it's based on what's in the issue. <laughs> I just thought that episode of Classics where Gerard was on is in like, like Betty Brand's done Ben Riley too. Oh yeah, she's done everybody. <laughs> Yeah. She's a floozy. Dude, she was like with the Scarlet Spider and Ben Riley. Face down, ass up. That's the way we wait. We... Right, <laughs> what the f? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. Zach is like, I forgot that, uh, Bertoni hates, you know, Betty Brand. I'm like, how? <laughs> he brings it up like every hour. The past 12 months. <laughs> so, um. On the I Hate Betty Brand rant, um, if we're going to wrap up this particular episode of Clone Saga Chronicles, on behalf of uh, myself and uh, the rest of the panel, uh, we do hope you'll come back for next the next episode. Until next time with us, Excelsior.